Amen and amen. Let us uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us this morning and of your amazing grace. So, Father, we take a deep breath in and we exhale. And we breathe you in and we exhale the things that are burdening us today. God, and I pray that uh, we come to you in this moment, Lord, just to clear our minds, to clear our thoughts, to be present with you as you speak to us through your word today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Well, my name is Julie Alsop, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. And can I just tell you how good it is to see you this morning, amen? Oh my gosh, y'all don't know at home, but we got a lot of people here today, and it feels so good, and I'm so glad that you guys are here and that you've taken this step to come back into the building. And you know what? This is how we get through all this, is one step at a time. So, uh, so glad that you are here. And for those of you who are watching us online, so glad that you are here with us as well. I want to encourage you to, uh, to like this and to share it in your feed if you are watching on Facebook. So I thought I would start this morning with just a couple of little jokes just to kind of loosen us up, right? Anybody want a couple of little jokes this morning? Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, it's just for somebody to answer me. You know, you don't realize for six months what it's like to have someone answer you. So uh, here's our first one. I was told that I wouldn't accomplish anything by lying in bed all day. But look at me now, I'm saving the world. A lot of us are saving the world, right? After years of wanting to thoroughly clean my house <clears throat> but lacking the time, uh, this, this, this week and in this pandemic, I discovered that that wasn't the reason. Anybody else? Yeah, it's still waiting. Uh, I never thought I would... Uh, I never thought the comment I wouldn't touch, with, touch them with a six-foot pole would become a national policy, but here we are. And you guys are doing a great job, six feet apart. Uh, how many animal lovers do we have in here? Dogs, cats? Yeah, we're in good company this morning. So it says, this morning I saw uh, a neighbor talking to her cat, and it was obvious that she thought her cat understood her. I came in my house and I told my dog, and we laughed a lot. All righty, and then day 121 at home, and the dog is looking at, me, looking at me like, see, this is why I chew the furniture. We all understand now. Well, it is good to be here uh, this morning, and it's good to laugh, and it's good to be together as the body of Christ. So uh, whether we are physically together or uh, in our homes or wherever it is that we're watching, we are together, together yet apart. Uh, so today we're going to look at a passage of scripture uh, uh, from Mark uh, chapter 2 verses 1 through 2 and it's about um, a man who was paralyzed and he was in need of the healing touch of Jesus. Here are these words or follow along if you have your Bible uh, with you and again I am in Mark chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 this morning. Here are these words. A few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man uh, on the mat that he was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blasphemous. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. So many of us have been to uh, concerts, sporting events, where there are many people, so many people that you can hardly walk. I have been uh, up at, at uh, to Ohio State to football games, and we're literally holding on to each other, the back of our shirts, right, so we don't lose each other, that we don't become separated. And I imagine that there had to be some pretty large crowds back in the day, as Scripture tells us, that they couldn't even get close <clears throat> to Jesus, in the crowd, it's, it's made up of a diverse group of people, as the scriptures tell us. The crowd is made up of curious people. They had heard about Jesus, and they had heard about his teaching, his healings, and miracles. And they wanted to see for themselves. And you can feel their hope. You can feel their hope. And then it's also made up of religious leaders who had also heard about Jesus. And they were questioning his authority. And he calls them out. Why are you thinking such things? They have this critical spirit. And you can feel their judgment. So many people in this crowd that they can't get in. We're in a season right now where we can't get out. Amen? We can't get out. Yes, restrictions have lifted. But some of us, were in a place of stuckness. I don't know if that's a word. But stuckness. The beautiful thing is that the Lord meets us where we are in our places of hopefulness, in our critical spirit, and in our stuckness. Now imagine with me that you've got someone that needs medical attention. And, and you can uh, physically uh, pick them up, but you can't get them to where they need to go. And they need help, right? And it could be because you're stuck in traffic or there's a large group of people. So what do you do? What do you do? We find ourselves in Capernaum. So many people that you can't even get remotely close to Jesus. The four friends must have been uh, so excited as they got closer to Capernaum. And that moment when they arrived and they encountered the large crowd. And their excitement must have turned to a feeling of maybe being defeated and frustrated and angry. And they had to walk far. They had to walk far. They were carrying somebody. You can imagine how heavy that person must have been. And then they had to think outside the box to think of another way to get their friend to Jesus. The roof, who would have guessed the roof? Some of us today are desperately seeking another way, another way. So they lifted the man on top of the roof, and they cut an opening in it, and they lowered the friend down to meet Jesus. And verse 5 tells us, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus saw their faith. It was a moment of intercession, a moment of intercession when we pray for others and bring them before Jesus and intercede on their behalf, just like these four friends. He sees your faith. And friends, he hears your prayers. We're called to pray for others. God hears us. 
So these friends, what about these friends? What a faith they had. Anybody have friends like that? What a faith they had. And, and many times we'll say for another person, I'll, I'll pray for you, and we do. But a lot of times we'll say, I'll pray for you. And, and, and in that moment, those are the words that we exchange. But these friends, they put feet to their prayers. And they went and got their friend. And they carried him, no less. And they took him straight to Jesus. Friends, we have that ability today. We just need to sure up our footing. Jesus is always waiting. We don't know much about the man himself other than that he was in need of healing and forgiveness. You can imagine how special this man was to the four friends. They loved him so much, loved him so much that they carried him a distance and put him up on a roof and lowered him. And then this man, he must have trusted his friends, must have trusted his friends. This man could have experienced some type of trauma in his life. Trauma can be experienced individually or it can be experienced collectively. Since March, we have been in a collective trauma, a loss of control to order our lives, to make decisions for ourselves, a fear or dread that the virus may affect us or our loved ones. Fear of the future that sometimes will cause us to self-isolate. We're trying to navigate the way forward in ways that we didn't expect. It's through the love and the power of Jesus that we find healing from the traumas that we experience. When we seek him, he shows us the way when it seems there is no way. He speaks life over us. <clears throat> a few months ago, I uh, started a class online, of course, uh, and it uh, is on prophecy. And I am uh, in a season where I am just drawn to being able to fine-tune the hearing from the Lord. And one of our assignments was to quiet ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, and envision a treasure chest. You may have noticed we've got a treasure chest up here. To envision a treasure chest and ask God what gift he had for me. So I had great anticipation. Uh, anyone ever get like that when you know you've got a gift, right, that someone's got for you, and you think, oh, I wonder what's under the wrapping paper, right? And it's this moment where I have great anticipation. I'm excited. God, what, what gift do you have for me? And I prepared my heart, and I had my pen and my piece of paper, and I began to, to write out just a list of things that God was saying to me and sharing with me. But as I closed out that prayer time, I said to the Lord, I, I feel like I didn't get the main gift that you wanted to give me. And so um, I, the next morning, I quieted myself again to listen and hear. <clears throat> and this time, it was, it was different. And as I sat there and I prayed and I opened myself up to the Lord, he took me to Capernaum. And Capernaum is one of my uh, favorite places in Israel. Uh, I've been twice. We're going to go back uh, a year from uh, next month. Uh, God willing, and so it's just one of my most favorite places to be, and it's surrounded by beautiful trees, and it's right on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. It's just a gorgeous setting, and there's a nice breeze that's coming off the water, and it's a place where Jesus did a lot of his miracles. It was kind of his hub for his ministry today, and I felt like the Lord said to me, Julie, I want you to open your Bible, and I'm going to show you what your gift is, and so he took me to Mark 2, 1 through 12 what I shared earlier. And as I read that passage, right there, my gift, my present, it leapt off the page. 
my gift was a mat. My gift was a mat. God gave me a mat. And tears came down my face as I received this gift from the Lord. So allow me to explain. <clears throat> when March happened, things changed. They changed for all of us, right? And at first, uh, when March came, I thought, okay, we're going to work from home. Not really used to that, but you know what? There's perks from working from home. You can wear comfy clothes. Nobody knows what you have on when you're on your Zoom meetings, right? You've been there. Uh, you don't have to really wear too much makeup. Sorry, fellas. Um, but when you're on a Zoom, you don't have to put too much effort into it. And so you kind of get into some sluggish habits, if you will, or at least I did. So you're still engaged, right? You're doing your Zoom calls. You're working, but you're not necessarily dressing the way that you normally dress. This is the first time I've worn a skirt in six months. <laughs> so today I was like, oh, look at this, a skirt. I forgot what this was like. And, and, and so as time went on, it was like, okay, there were some, some, some perks of this, but then there were times that I started feeling blah. And I don't know about you, uh, but I still have moments where I feel blah, a little blah. And I found myself watching more Netflix that I wanted to, right? And it's like, I will, oh, thank you. Bless you, bless you. Allergies are terrible. It isn't, I'm, I'm going to digress just for a minute. So my allergies are starting to bother me. It's clearly allergies, but it's just a time of paranoia. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what do I have? It's just allergies. I'm good. <clears throat> Thank you, Sean. So, um, so anyway, back to, back to my story. So Netflix. I, I enjoy Netflix. I know some of you have Netflix. Uh, but I found myself, like I said, in early spring watching more Netflix than I wanted to watch. And I got sucked into this show called Tiger King. Anybody watch Tiger King? And I'm like, I will never get those hours of my life back that I wasted watching Tiger King. And now Carol Baskins is on Dancing with the Stars. And I'm like, we have come undone. It is official. We have come undone. So again, you know, just uh, a season of um, uh, trying to navigate all this. And I don't know if anybody else here has felt blah. I don't know if I would call maybe what I was experiencing or am experiencing a little bit of depression. I'm not sure, but I think that that's pretty real for a lot of us as we're just trying to figure out what this looks like. You see, I, I miss coming to church. I miss seeing people. I miss interacting with people. You know, Zoom, Zoom is okay, but nothing can replace seeing each other face to face. And I just can't even tell you the joy, the joy right now to be able to see you and to be with all of you at home. You see, there's something to be said that you feel connected to something bigger than yourself. And that something bigger than yourself is the body of Christ. I realized in that moment, and I didn't know it as God is speaking to me and he's giving me this mat, that I had become paralyzed. Now, I don't look paralyzed. I didn't act paralyzed. I don't act paralyzed now, but like a paralyzed in my uh, soul and in my spirit. And clearly, uh, I was dealing with unresolved trauma, just like all of you are trying to deal with unresolved trauma. How to navigate this path forward. And, and some of that navigating the path forward is, is trying to put your jeans back on. Anybody else having trouble putting their jeans back on? All these things with quarantine are messing us up. We're trying to figure out what is normal. I don't know about you, but uh, when all of this hit, I thought, oh, we're going we're gonna to hit the month of May, the beginning of May, and, and we're just going to come back to normal, having no idea that it would go this long and we would come back out with masks. But we're doing 
what we're doing, right? And I just applaud you for being here today. I applaud you for watching online because it's hard when we look at a screen all day long. And I know some of you can relate to this feeling of being paralyzed, all with these new guidelines and how to interact with one another. And I miss seeing people smile and people smiling at me. And gosh, I miss hugging people. Anybody miss hugging people? Yeah, amen. It's so hard. It's so hard. I uh, was talking to one of the preschool teachers the other day, and the kids are so darling with their mask on in the preschool. And, and, and one of the teachers was telling me that the, the student will take their mask on and say, look, this is what my face looks like. I'm like, isn't that the truth? We feel like people only see half of us. So in this moment, right, where God's giving me this gift and, and, and I'm just weeping, right, God says to me, Julie, I've got a mat for you. And I want you to pick up your mat and I want you to go. I have things for you to do. And it was so exciting. It was like the chains had just come off. And yes, we still have safety protocols to follow, but I'm moving and you're moving. We're moving together and it's exciting. You see, God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. Don't underestimate your baby steps. Baby steps, even to walk back into this building. So it's in our resting and abiding that the Lord works in us, that we're able to grow and to bear fruit. We can't constantly work, right, from a place of work, even if we're working in our PJs. I've got this image that I have shared with you before. We need to find rest in the Lord. And in the rest, that's where the pruning happens. All of us are experiencing pruning right now and figuring out what is important in life. But it's this resting and abiding in the Lord. That's when we're able to hear from him, right? That he speaks to us, that we've got our ears open and our eyes open to be able to hear and to see him. So it's in this time of resting and abiding and pruning. Gosh, you know what? Maybe we don't need to be doing all of these things, you know? I, I pray to God that we come out of this different than we came in. But this, this idea of resting and abiding, and then what that allows us to do when we have this rest is to work and to grow. And we're able to produce fruit when we have the adequate rest to then to be able to move forward. You see, we, we have a, a world and a society that has been uh, living just over here on the whole work side, out of balance, and boy, did we get that change. Didn't we get that change for the past six months? So we've got to rest and abide in the Lord. Pruning, we're in a season of pruning, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Embrace the pruning. So last Sunday, there were uh, a group of 15 or so of us that did some prayer walking around the building, and we actually met again this morning uh, for some time of prayer, you may have uh, noticed. And we want to encourage you to join us. If you want to come, we, uh, we've been meeting about uh, 8.50, so if that's something you want to do, all distance with our masks on. But last Sunday, uh, as we were uh, walking, I did some prayer walking again around the building, and it was a part of my going. It's like, okay, Julie, you need to go. You need to go. You need to get up and you need to go. And it was a powerful time of prayer. You see, when you abide with Jesus, right, in that moment, so whether that's in your quiet place, wherever that is, or whether you're here, uh, you begin to hear and see things differently. So I was walking out front in the uh, parking lot, and I noticed the arrows as you come in. Now, I see these arrows, arrows five, six times a week. I mean, all the time as I'm in and out of this building. And so we've got those arrows out front for the traffic pattern, how you come in and how you go out. And you guys uh, have noticed those as you have uh, come in. But this time, it was different. It was, it was totally different. And as I was uh, praying and walking and worshiping the Lord to seek him, I, I thought of those arrows and how we come in right? How we come in. 
whether that would be for worship, whether that would be uh, in our small groups to meet here in person, whether that's to come and serve the food pantry to serve those in need in our community, uh, whether that would be for the preschool, for the children to come in and learn, and then those arrows that go back out. The friends were different than the way we came back in, and I pray that all of us today are different than the way we came in. And then I looked out at Cox Road and all the people that drive by, and they miss the arrows, and they don't experience the coming in and the going out and the love of Christ. Friends, I want to offer you an invitation and a challenge for you to connect with Jesus in your personal devotion time. I've had a profound time with the Lord over these past six months. It's been so sweet to get into the Word and and journal. I say this all the time, and some of you know it. I I believe that you read it and you write down what the Lord is speaking to you. I've got a good friend. His name is Tony, uh, and, and he talks a lot about spiritual disciplines, and that's what this is. It's a spiritual discipline of how you're growing in your Lord, growing with the Lord. He says, if you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. Isn't that the truth? And some of us are very uh, dedicated and we have disciplines, uh, whether it's our exercise, our fitness, what we eat, uh, our schedules, whatever that is. But we need to have spiritual disciplines in our lives that we can grow stronger in the Lord. If you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. Create some spiritual disciplines. So I want to challenge you, uh, whether uh, that would be in your uh, corporate time, Uh, as we gather together for worship, whether it would be in your small groups, uh, whether it would be coming to serve at church, that you would find a connection. Because to be honest with you, we don't know what's going to happen this fall and this winter. We have no idea. We know one thing for certain. Nothing is for certain, right? And we have experienced that firsthand. Find a connection. Find a group to be a part of. Uh, Come to worship if you're able to come. Uh, Get online with an online Zoom group, whatever that looks like. Come and serve at the food pantry if you're comfortable to do that. Come and serve on Sunday morning to welcome those that are coming in the front door. Uh, Of course, you know, we want to be safe. I'm not telling you to do something that maybe you're not able to do. Maybe you've got health challenges that uh, don't allow you to come out as much. But I just want to encourage you just to, to take one step at a time, to dip your toe in the water, to try something, and to experience the living water of Jesus Christ. And for right now, it's with a mask. But that's okay. We're going to take what we can get. So as you go through this week, I want you to consider this in your prayer time, in your prayer time. Ask God what gift he has for you. Envision a treasure chest. Envision a treasure chest. What does God have for you? And I just want to tell you, if you don't hear it first, don't give up. I didn't hear it first either. Don't give up. And I'd love to hear what gift it is that the Lord has given to you. I want to lead us into a time of prayer. And I want to offer you a couple opportunities uh, before I do that. One is uh, we have got some folks that are standing by. Uh, If you text the number to prayer, we're going to have it up on the screen, that you can text someone and they can pray with you in this moment. Some of you may be burdened right now. You may be paralyzed, right? And you just want somebody to pray life over you, to pray Jesus over you. So we want to encourage you to go ahead and to text that number. We've got it up on the screen. Uh, Someone is waiting uh, to, to pray with you. And then I am here and I would love to pray with you. I'll have my mask on. I've got it right over there. I promise you I'm not sick. <laughs> um, but if, if uh, you're, you're someone that says, you know what, I would love for someone to pray over me. Whatever that is, I would be honored. So we've got two different opportunities for you. 
So let's go ahead and prepare our hearts as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you, and we just lift up the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your son. And God, I I pray that uh, you would just speak life in this moment. Speak life and love. Friends, whether you are here in this room, whether you are watching online, God loves you. He loves you. And he speaks life over you. And those areas of your life where you feel paralyzed, where you have fear, God wants to break those chains. He wants to break those chains to set you free. Set the captives free. So God, in this moment, we pray to break the chains over fear, depression, anxiety, addiction, anger, comparison, discouragement, judgment, loneliness, trauma, critical spirits. And in this moment, God, we come before you individually. And we just tell you what we need what chain we need for you to break in us. We take a moment of silence. Lord, hear our prayers. We've come today on our mats. Look like cars that we came in, but we came in here today on our mats to encounter our Lord Jesus, the one who gave his life for the forgiveness of sins and a destiny that awaits for all believers. The one who knows what it is like to suffer and overcome. So Jesus comes to you in this moment. He breaks off every chain that hinders you. You are set free in Christ. And God, we come before you, just as those four friends did, and we intercede for someone else. So friends, in this moment, in a time of silence, who is it that you want to tell Jesus about? Who did you bring to him this morning? So God, we lift up these names to your son Jesus. Hear our prayers. God, we glorify you, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for who you are to us. And now we come before you to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Won't you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.